Hi, everyone. It's Tish Conlon for Tish, Tish Talk Podcast, and I have another great guest today. I've got Spencer Bouts, who was one of the incredible truckers I interviewed during uh, the Freedom Convoy for Candace. It's so great to see you, Spencer. How are you today? <laughs> I'm doing good, Tish. It's good talking to you. Yes. So you were away like five weeks, I mean, all told. I mean, what an incredible experience. Yeah, absolutely. I left. Um, I just got home a couple days ago, but the whole experience was five weeks. It was about three weeks on the streets of Ottawa. And just getting back to real life now. Are you still trucking or now you're doing something different? You, you come from a farming background. <clears throat> yeah, so I kind of juggled a couple things in the past. I work in uh, potash industry. I worked as an instrumentation tech. Uh, for a couple of years, five years, and uh, we farm, we, we calve about 300 head of cattle, but we, we house about 700 head and we have some wow. goats, some sheep and some grain as well. Excellent. But I can't, take, yeah, I can't take credit for that. My sister takes care of the goats and sheep, my dad, mostly the cattle, but I just help out when, uh, like when we're doing um, big processing days or whatever, so that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, no, I do, we do, I do lots of the farm and I also have a trucking company on the side. So I have an employee who goes full time and I also own my own truck and I, I support Tam and I pick up the odd load here and there. So, wow. I mean, that's, that's, that's really incredible for a young guy. I mean, real entrepreneur and diversity. I love it. Well, yeah, absolutely. No, I've always, I always wanted to have some sort of a business and, uh, it's a funny story, I guess I trucking, I was never big truck guy like lots of guys who uh run semis they grew up playing with semis um you know like they had one in the yard we never had a semi in the yard even our farm was quite a bit smaller years ago but uh when I wanted to start a business I had some money from working in the mines um I I was like something spoke to me about trucking and so I I went out and bought the trucks and I I went quite heavily into it not really too sure why a lot of days I was thinking, man, I'm, I don't know what the hell I'm doing in this industry. It can be a tough industry. Um, but then when, when uh, this trucking convoy took off and I got involved, it, it was almost like you've been getting involved in trucking uh, for this last year subconsciously. And it all kind of led to this moment. I like wow. to think that it was, it was a little bit out of my control maybe, but. But Isn't yeah. that amazing? Oh, what yeah. great story. Well, I was so glad to see you up there. I think you were, in, you know, played a, a really big role. I know we had a chance to talk uh, as on the podcast and then in person in Ottawa. What are some of your biggest memories? I mean, what was it like all those weeks living there? I mean, were you living in your truck or where were you sleeping even? I mean, that's rough. Yeah. <laughs> living on the street, basically. <laughs> No, it's not as bad as you think. Um, I was living in my truck. We did have hotel rooms and stuff available to us. So I picked up a couple of those two nights in a hotel. Um, but yeah, like the trucks, you know, you got a sleeper and stuff like that. Some guys live in them all the time. The guy that works for me, he lives in the truck, you know, day in and oh. day out. Oh yeah. So it's not actually too bad. They, they can be set up pretty good. Oh, but that's uh, good to know. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, the Ottawa was... Uh, still processing it it was such it was such an amazing it was a real human experience as a way to put it um ego was set aside like for me a lot of fear was set aside worry 
um, difference between uh, different groups of people that all washed away. And it was just uh, a collective group of people who wanted to help better the future of Canada. And it's, wow. so it was such an unspoken, there was an unspoken connection between everybody that just really rang out for sure. Oh, that is so beautiful. And I know even the few times I was, they were so powerful. I mean, the signs, but just, you know, you met different groups of people. What I loved was there was this healing of division. People who, you know, had been deliberately taught to, to dislike other groups, you know, the, the, the separatists of Quebec. I was, you know, dancing with them and talking to them and they all were carrying Canadian flags. They, we don't want to separate anymore. The Western <laughs> separatists thought, you know, all these uh, liberal West people and they were talking to them we don't want to set we want to build a strong country we realize the government is broken policies have been turning us deliberately against each other like a military policy of divide and conquer divide from within using their you know media arm of propaganda and did you find that you know people were so much more welcoming of each other too what was that like absolutely yeah absolutely like lots of the quebecers i talked to didn't own a canadian flag till that weekend Wow. Um, yeah, Amazing. it was so cool. And oh. like they, they would talk about how they were, uh, they were taught to not respect the West. They were taught that the West was, you know, greedy or not hardworking or whatever. They were, they were so surprised to see such good people from all across Canada coming together like that. And it did, it got rid of any small differences you had. Like there was lots of different ethnic backgrounds, religions, all that stuff that I'd never been exposed to really in my life that I got such a good opportunity to have a coffee with everybody and chat with them. Some people I could hardly understand. They they had, you know, different language, right? But but there's a common heartfelt goal between everybody that there was, like I said, that connection between every group of people. That's so nice. I know I spoke with so many First Nation people and people, new new immigrants from like countries that have been persecuted or had experienced communism like China and uh, Poland and Romania and how destructive those policies are. And they were they were alert to it earlier than many Canadians who've been here many years because we're not familiar with that. And it sneaks up on you, doesn't it? I mean, the stories you hear about how horrific life is under the communist regime and you see that this this increasing grab for power by our government is it's the exact same moves and that's why it's so important we nip it in the bud and stop it because we certainly would never want canada canada the land of strong and free to be under a, a communist or totalitarian regime at all costs Right. Yeah. That always comes in under the guise of good intention. The path to hell is paved with good intention. So unfortunately, these uh, governments who really are power hungry, they have some really smart people behind them where they can really convince the general population that what they're doing is for good intention. Meanwhile, you're, you're sacrificing your rights to travel. You're sacrificing your right to have a job, you know, to have a different opinion, sacrificing your right to even talk about, uh, you know, questions about a brand new style of vaccine. And they sell that to you under the guise of good intentions. So that's something that we really got to learn from other countries that have fallen into dictatorship. They didn't come in with, you know, guns and in one day take over this country. They, 
they convinced the people that it's what they needed and they were essentially voted in from general population and then they can enact their insane policies. So yeah, we need to recognize that a lot earlier than too late. Exactly. And, uh, and lots of those immigrants, like you said, from China, Poland, they seen this happen and they said it was incredibly similar how Canada is acting. It's so true. There seems to be a playbook that, that that's used. It's almost the same, even in, you know, Nazi Germany with the atrocities there with the Jewish people uh, and other people involved. They they started under the guise of an emergency and then just took more and more power away and then legally enacted these laws for genocide. And when you look at communism as a, uh, a structure and as a, you know, a, a form of government, et cetera, they, I think they need to teach children and kids and teens about the dangers because there's in all of history, uh, communist regimes have the most genocide, the most murder and imprisoning of, of people and freedoms being taken away. It's not something any society should strive for. I mean, communism, capitalism has got its uh, negative aspects, but certainly communism is to be avoided at all costs. Absolutely. Yeah. For sure. Definitely. No, we got to recognize the, the hints and the signs long before it's uh, put into place, for sure. You know, and, and that's such a good point about indoctrinating people. And we have our own propaganda machine now with a lot of the mainstream media uh, combined, uh, funded by the, the liberal government right now. And it's a real issue because so many divisions have taken place in families because they they've believed what they've been told by the media. And it doesn't matter if you show them actual facts or science, they're still indoctrinated and they're listening to what the government tells them to do and almost virtue signaling how good they are to obey. And this is a real issue when you have these people, even within my own family, all oh, those truckers, you know, oh, they're, you know, they're doing nothing but being selfish. And how do we get around that? How do we break through to them when they won't come out? They won't talk to people. Um, they stay at home and they're only listening to the media. It's a real question. How do we wake people up to what's happening and stop this division? Because when you divide people, that's when you conquer. And we must reach out to people, forgive them. And if they've, you know, if they've turned away from us, if you were trying to help them, well, what do you think uh, would be some of the ways that we can rebuild in Canada and make sure people understand that there's been lies, the inception, that things haven't been as they appear, and that this is the goal of the government? Yeah, like you were saying, I want to go back to that indoctrination thing. When uh, this vaccine first came out, just me mentioning that it was, you know, an mRNA vaccine that hasn't been done before, it just, it's almost like people instantly put the blinders on and wouldn't have a conversation with me right so uh, the getting information out to people is so important as well and uh like the, with the pfizer documents that have come out now people who want to say that they were just following the science just uh you know looking at the experts information well pfizer put out all the expert information all the science that was behind these and we got to pay attention to that as far as as far as healing that uh, divide, like, yeah, like you said, so sometimes I think when people uh, make a bad choice or, you know, say they've been choosing to turn a blind eye for the past couple of years, 
you get devoted to that mindset because you don't want to, you know, be wrong or feel bad for being wrong, etc. Right. <clears throat> I, I think that uh, such thing as a trucker convoy was a good way to do that. And I, that's also why the Canadian government shut down the, well, the party essentially before family day, because every soul that put their boots on the ground and walked through that community and talk to these fantastic people were instantly awakened to um, the reality of things a little bit, right? You had, they started having conversations with people who had negative effects from the vaccine or, or lost their job or whatever. Right. So that is how we heal it is through personal experience, like a one-on-one sharing stories and experiences. Absolutely. Absolutely. more and more of that, not necessarily truck convoys, but uh, I know there's lots of suppers planned for talks and just people experiences, right? Yes. And we got to get away from the digital experience online to back to in-person community, take away the social distancing signs, that all of that, take away the masks, um, start, start living with others, enjoy, having fun, laughing, instead of living in fear. And speaking of fear, uh, I mean, the, the, Ontario, the Canadian government all over the world now, particularly Trudeau, um, is so disliked for what he did, calling the emergency act and then bringing in, um, you know, brutal police force for a peaceful protest, a legitimate protest, a loving protest on a legitimate concern of an experimental treatment, mandating something that doesn't even uh, provide immunity or stop transmission that isn't safe. Now we know it isn't safe. And these people were actually doing a a massive service to the rest of Canada to help wake them up to the medical tyranny that's going on and the the issue of pushing through an unsafe drug on people that they don't even need and particularly ignoring all those truckers who are sitting alone in their their trucks all day plus you know many of them have probably have natural immunity already and we already have safe treatments available you know if you've already taken care of your health you should absolutely be able to choose what goes in your body that's a foundational thing for freedom so bringing police officers in what was that like for you and did you get any fines what were some of the repercussions for you doing your uh, incredible courageous act <laughs> oh, it was no big deal um, um as far as the cops went i don't think anyone was blown away we didn't have you know i we didn't have a this big standard that we were expecting trudeau to live up to our hopes were pretty low for him being responsible and um, yes. taking ownership so it didn't really um surprised when the cops showed up but how they came in was unbelievable they came in with the lrad essentially tanks wow. hundreds of, yeah hundreds of riot gear police and they moved into a sparsely populated area with truckers and on friday basically to scare everybody they they smashed windows they pulled guys right out of their trucks onto the pavement um that was the day Fantastic. yeah Wow. Yeah, that was the day when that Aboriginal lady was trampled by the horse. Oh. Yeah, they made a real scene on Friday. And uh, Tish, I think what they were trying to do was get a reaction from the truckers. You know, there was 
there was hundreds, hundreds of truckers, thousands of people. If one person would have reacted in a negative way, come back at them or used force against them, they would have uh, sat on that and they would have justified everything they were doing with that. But they didn't get that, which is amazing. So yeah, Saturday, pretty much lots and lots of people left because they said, oh, this is, they're getting crazy. You know, they're trying to keep themselves safe, their, their truck, stuff like that. I left Saturday trying to keep the wow. same story. But um, yeah, I think that's what they were gunning for was if they would abuse us enough, somebody who'd been sitting in their truck for three weeks you know, and then listening to Trudeau do berate them and all this stuff, someone who was really upset would act out against the police and they didn't get a negative reaction. So they had really no way to justify what they did to the peaceful protesters. And uh-huh. that's where that's where lots of the lasting impression was made on how tyrannical things are. Absolutely. Now, so what's next for you? What are you what are you planning now that you're back in Saskatchewan? Yeah, lot, well, lots has changed. My perspective's changed. Um, I quit in the mine, so I want to be full-time in my company now. Good. Um, focus, yeah, focus on trucking, focus on farming a bit as well, um, getting more involved with that. And yeah, pretty much uh, it's uh, it's going to be an interesting couple of years here. It's, it's going to be a lot of personal responsibility for me. No cushy paychecks no more. It's it's uh, whatever, whatever I make happen is going to happen over the next little bit here. So it'll be a good, uh, good way to further myself to build uh, my character, I guess, and improve. So it's excellent. Be well, listen, it's been a pleasure. It's been always a pleasure to talk to. You. Is there any any way people could reach your company if they want to give you business? Is there anything you want yeah. to? Absolutely. Yeah. No, we uh, we do some flat bedding and uh, we do construction support, asphalt, gravel. And uh, we actually have access to me and my dad on the farm pretty much share a D6 cat and a 20 ton hoe. So I'm looking to put those to work this year. My number is 306-231-5007. Anyone could give me a call and I'd love to do some some work, make some good connections in the industry. Actually, yeah, me and my driver were young guys and we, we know how to work. So it'll be an interesting year. Oh, amazing. Well, listen, it's been great speaking to you, Spencer. Have a great rest of the week and we'll get you on the show again to, to hear a follow-up of what you're doing. I'd appreciate that. Thank you so much, Tish. All right. Take, take care. All the